Good morning. Today is the 20th of September 2020. We're edging closer to the end of the year. But the main thing, and praise the Lord for that, is that we are all alive and well. Amen? And not only that, we have an additional young baby in the church. Uh, praise the Lord for uh, this young family, Kristen Levine, and the additional baby. I'm sorry, uh, Levine, I don't know the name of the baby. Can you scream from the back the name of your baby? Oh, sorry, don't, because the baby is asleep. Very good. You will wake up, baby. <laughs> anyway, you've heard the reading before from um, Luke chapter 2. And today I want to talk about, this is my father's house. Why are you looking for me? I must be in my father's house. This is my father's house. But first, I'm going to tell you just a little, little story. <laughs> a kindergarten teacher gave her class show and tell assignment of bringing something to represent their religion. So the first child got in front of the class and say, my name is Benjamin, and this is, I'm Jewish, and this is the star of David. The second child got in front of the class, of her class, and say, my name is Mary, I'm Catholic, and this is a crucifix. I mean, you know, that thing that you hang around your neck, crucifix. And the third child got up in front of his class and say, my name is Tommy, I'm Baptist, and this is a casserole. <laughs> I'm sure you guys are missing our food, you know, and morning tea here every Sunday. So uh, I, I can, cannot imagine that day when, you know, the borders are opened and when the churches are open and things like that. We're going to have a big celebration night. A big pig on a spit. <laughs> Say Amen. Or a chicken on a spit next door. But today I want to talk to you about this is my father's house. Do you know or do you have or do you recognize in your own child, in your own children, any traits of character which are signs of divine grace in your child? You know what a treasure Jesus was to his parents, especially to his mother. This is my father's house. There are a few times Jesus talked about his father's house. There was one occasion when he overturned the tables in a, in a, in a temple of those selling animals. He said to them, you have made my father's house, which is a house of prayer, a den of robbers. Matthew 21, 23. And then he said, he encouraged his disciples in John 14 that do not let your hearts be troubled. Because I'm going away, I'm going to my father's house. And in my father's house, there are a lot of mansions. And in our story this morning, Jesus told 
his mom and dad here on earth, why are you looking for me? I must be in my father's house. You know what an awesome privilege to be in a father's house today. Amen? There is something special about the house of God, the gathering of God's people. Say amen to that. Because the house of God is different from all the other houses. That we have been through throughout the week. And during this time of the coronavirus, there is one place that you would like to be, and that is the gathering of God's people. Say amen again. And Jesus says, I must be in my father's house. That is because the business of my father, I must do in my father's house. You know, those who have lost their sense of joy, those who are stressful and worried throughout the week, those who are tired and struggling with issues of life, those who need a rest, there is no better place, there is no comfort than to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. That's why the psalmist says, I'm so glad when they say to me, let us what? Let us go to the house of the Lord. And where you are today, you are here in the house of the Lord. I encourage our church this morning, don't take that for granted. Don't. Don't take this fellowship for granted. Why? Because this is where we can see the beauty of God. David says, there's one thing I want to know. I want to be in the house of the Lord, in the Lord, and to gaze at the beauty of the Lord. That's what David wanted. I want to be in his house. And the house of God, it's his sanctuary. There is God in the middle. Jesus says, I must be in my house. And when Jesus is in, the, in his house, I want to encourage you. you. You have to be grateful because when Jesus, or if Jesus is in the house, everything will be fine. And so we hear the story, baby Jesus was born, and then where was he taken after eight days of his life? He was born not far from the temple. Did you know where he was taken to? He was taken to the temple, only eight days old. What for? To fulfill the regulations or the law of the land that he was circumcised on the eighth day. He was offered to the Lord on the eighth day. And there in the temple, there in the city of David, a savior, an angel say, hey, in the city of David, an angel, I mean a savior, who is the Christ will be born. Verse 11, that is chapter, chapter 2 we're talking about. Now in the temple of God, there was a man named Simeon. This man says, the Bible says, that this man has purpose in himself that he will not leave the temple until he sees the salvation of God. And Jesus was brought in on that eighth day. And this is what he said. My eyes have seen your salvation, Lord, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Verse 25 to 32. 
But it wasn't just Simeon that was in the temple. There was also another woman named Anna. And Anna was a prophetess who prayed her whole life for the redemption to be recognized in Israel. And when she saw this, she worshipped the Lord. This is the Redeemer, verse 36 to 38. And did you know what happened to Mary? Mary listened to all these accolations and all these great words. And the Bible says that Mary's heart was set on the wonderful things that had been said about her son. But did you know that Simeon also said something, that she treasured all these things in her heart. In verse 35, Simeon said to Mary, but one day a sword will pierce through your own soul, and the thoughts of many people may be revealed. Ewina matango filfa longol china ya Maria. I female upuna for my ole atuia lo fatu ilepelusiaso. And as we looked at last week about the parents, Mary and Joseph, they were exposed to the sword of Herod that we looked at last week. And Herod died. I mean, before he died, he was looking everywhere to kill Jesus. But an angel said to them, Get up and flee, go down to Egypt. And so they went down to Egypt. And when they heard that Herod died, they came back from Egypt to Jerusalem. But when they arrived in Jerusalem, Herod's son, Achilles, you can find that in, Ma in Matthew chapter 2, verse 22, was the king of the Jews at the time. And then when Mary and Joseph heard that this notorious son of Herod, also Herod, was in, in Judea, they bypassed Judea and went all the way up to Galilee. And they lived in a little town called Nazareth. That's why sometime later on when Jesus started his ministry, they were questioning him. You, you know, you come from, from Nazareth. They didn't know that he was born in Bethlehem. You see the protection of Mary and Joseph over their son. Wonderful parents. I wonder, you know, whether they looked upon him as a very special, unique, and a special child. They cared for him and all their hearts, not risking any step along the way. You know, one person that we think about is, is, is Joseph. Because Joseph thought, oh, it's not my son. It's your son. But it... Joseph teaches us about parenting. Even though that wasn't your son, he looked after this boy. Joseph looked after Jesus, teaching him the trade, teaching him obedience, because the Bible says that he grew in wisdom and understanding. Joseph knew that this young man surpasses all human qualities and value. His perfect manhood as God-man is witnessed every day by his parents. And the Bible says he grew in wisdom, he grew in spirit, he was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. That's why the Bible says in the book of Philippians that Jesus emptied out himself, himself before he came down on earth. And he grew as a boy, he, he listened to everything, and he lived his life, a life of obedience. A couple of things I want to talk about this morning. But they lost him. 
They looked after him, they trained him, but they lost him. You ask the question, why did they lose him? Where were they looking? So the first thing I want to talk about this morning is looking for Jesus. When you read the story, there's three things in there. Jesus was not in the company of the relatives and the acquaintances. It took a day to realize, took a day. <laughs> it took a day for the parents to find out, oh my goodness, where is he? Bad parenting. And then it took another three days to find out where Jesus is. How? Why? What? What happened? I know the feeling. Because when Jared was two years of age, I took him to the Eka. And I lost him. For two minutes, I thought it was eternity. Screamed everywhere, up and down, went into the train looking for him. I came back, Jared was playing with his, um, you know, saw that I bought. And like that, and he was facing the wall and hitting the wall. My heart stopped, I thought my heart stopped. For two minutes, it was like eternity for me. Bad parenting. <laughs> Thanks, Dad, Jerry says. <laughs> when something happens to a child, it is the fault of the parents, not the child. And I'm sorry, Jared, forgive me, okay? Hey, now he's a good boy playing the, the drums, playing the piano, swimming fast. But this is what Jesus says. I must be at my father's house. Now parents, where would you look for your child? If your child is not in your company, where would you look for him? Now some parents know exactly where their children will be. Like Jared goes to the EB games at the marketplace. That's where I will be looking for him. But where would you be looking for your child? What about mom and dad? If your children are looking for you, where would they find you? Is it the place there that you call the church? Or is it at the TAB? Where would you... Where would they find you? Is it in the window root heaven? At the pokey machines? Or is it at the liquor shop? Yeah? Where would your family find you? Or is it in the church? There. That's our church from the other place. You know, because some parents come here as single parents, you know, and the kids will be asking, you know, the single parent at home, where's mom? Where's dad? And you know the answer? Mom is at church. What a great answer, amen? amen. Dad is at church. Oh, no, no, no. You can go down the street and you'll find a TAB. Maybe you will find dad in there. Where would they look for you? Jesus says, I must be at my father's house. These are the first recorded words of Jesus, according to the record of, of Scripture, that he was only 12, and these were his first recorded words. And you might wonder where they looked when they were looking for Jesus. 
Whether they went into the inns and say to the innkeeper, "Lelo penga oi for kan malo fa yai," what malmoli I think over I? Did they go to the inn manager and say, "Did you look? Did you see my son?" Did they look at the beautiful structures of the moment of the monuments of Herod? Did they look everywhere in the city? Bible says, "Where your treasure is, there your heart will be." Your people will find you where your heart will be. We had a very small gathering yesterday of the men's breakfast. It was so nice listening to the wonderful wisdom of these guys sharing about, I'm not saying anything, sharing about their lives. And I was listening to the sharing of the wise men and I thought, these men have walked with God. And if I were to look for, sorry Bob for using your name, but Bob, awful feel, I don't think I will find them in any of these places, apart from the last one, hey church, yeah. That's where your heart is. That's where your treasure is. Why on earth didn't they look in the church? Why didn't they go straight to the building, to the temple? Because it said it took three days. You know, and I want to encourage our church today. Many people are so stressful in life, they look for Jesus in the wrong place. They look for peace. They look for contentment in the wrong places. But you cannot find him in such places. You don't find Jesus, you don't find joy, happiness in the big sports stadiums of our country, which have now become gods of the land. That's where many people will go to feel that emptiness in our heart. People go to the theaters of movies and music entertainment, but you don't find peace and contentment and the joy of the Lord in there. MTV Music is one of the, um, of the leading cause of leading away our young people and our generation from the truth. Some people look for peace in the pubs and the motels and nightclubs. Others reach out to the substances, a drink here and a drug there to ease away the pain. But without Jesus, there is no peace in your life. Without Jesus, there is no joy in you. Without Jesus, there is no other place that you can find contentment other than Jesus Christ. And we will go for the rest of our, of our life stressful, in pain, until we find Christ. Number two, finding Christ. Number one, looking for Christ. Number two, finding Christ. Ua mawakariso, tafasili, ua e mawakariso. Now, you were looking for Christ. Have you found him? And the story ended with Mary and Joseph finding Jesus in the temple. You know, if this was a Samoan boy, I tell you what, <laughs> if they found him, you know, listening to big people or, or people that he's not really 
up to the standards of those people. What are you, on earth are you doing here? Hey? That, that's what they will do to their kids. Because they didn't obey. And that is the place. This is the place where Jesus is always found, found in the sanctuary of God's people. He is the king, and the king must be in his house. He is God, and God must be worshipped. That's why he goes to the temple, because it's a sanctuary of his people. When they found Jesus, they didn't find him looking at the structures of the buildings. They didn't find him looking around and lost anywhere. No. They found him sitting down and explaining the scriptures. Verse 46, Jesus was found. Jesus was found listening and teaching, asking questions. And the Bible says, And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. Did you know that the Bible was written about him? The law of the Jews were written about him. And Jesus was trying to explain to these men about what they have been reading every day. And they were amazed. That's why he needs to be in his house. Philosophical books, wisdom studies, academic researchers of this world were all written about Jesus. Yet no one has even come close to the full understanding of God. God is incomprehensible. Sadly, the more people learn about God or the intelligence of life, the less they acknowledge God. There is no acknowledgement of people, of a God from the people. People seek after their own hearts. And where you find Jesus? You find him in his temple. The congregation of his people is God's sanctuary. You can find him in his temple. If you want to see the glory of God, you will find him in his sanctuary. And that's why our gatherings every Sunday morning, don't take it for granted that you are in the house of the Lord. You didn't just leave up in the morning to come to church because you had nothing to do at home. You came here with a purpose. Amen? Is that right? Or if someone dragged you out of bed and said, hey, I'm going to drag you to church, is that what happened this morning? I don't think so. We came by faith because we worship Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, do not forget the gatherings of God's people. And so Jesus prays in John 17, your glory has come to me through your people. Amen. It is where Jesus is praised. You don't hear the praises of Jesus in the pubs. You don't hear his praises in the clubs, the sports stadiums. There's only swearing in there. It's only profanity and curses. How many times that we are frustrated at work because of the worldly standard that you mingle with every day and you know that you have values and principles of God in your life. How many times that we are frustrated at work? And we urge, we, we long to go to the house of the Lord. You know, when I first gave my life to Jesus many, many years ago back in the island, one of the greatest, greatest things I look forward, I was working for the government. 
I look forward to at the end of the week, especially on Friday night, was to go to the YFC rally in the city. And I will look, I will go there, look forward. I was a seven and a 19 years, years of age. And I look forward to the end of the week to go to. Do you look forward to go to the temple, to the house of the Lord on Sunday? Or are there any other things that is, you know, dragging you away from the congregation of his people on Sunday? Be careful where you look. Jesus may be talked about in the church when he is actually not found in the church. People can hear the singing, but they cannot see anything about Jesus because the lives of the people do not reflect the life of Jesus. And then Jesus is lost in the church. Lost in his own church? That shouldn't be the case. We can't pretend to be religious when our hearts are so far away. Is Jesus lost in his church? And that's why I'm biased about Mount Warren Park Community Church. It's a wonderful fellowship of God where you can grow spiritual, your soul and your family in the Lord. Don't take for granted the fellowship of his people. Invest your life in where you will get an interest in heaven. Grow your family in the Lord. Come and pray with us. You know, we've been saying, come and pray with us on Saturday. All who heard Jesus were astonished about his teaching. And this is why Matt Warren Park Community Church exists. To teach about God, to grow people in the knowledge and the understanding of Jesus Christ, and that we can live each day in the joy of the Lord. What a joy that Jesus is found in the very place he's supposed to be worshipped. I'm going to challenge you this morning. And I have no idea where we are in our relationship with Jesus. You know, Jesus is in his temple, in his church, in his sanctuary, Sunday after Sunday. If you are a sinner and you haven't found him, I want you to, to do something special to your life. If you, wanna, if you know that you haven't found Christ, I want to pray for you. I want you to put up your hand so I can pray for you. If you haven't made that commitment, if you do not know Jesus, he gives you peace, joy, and love like we talked about last week. Is there anyone here this morning that knows in their hearts that they haven't really found Christ? That Christ is not really residing in their hearts as he's supposed to be? Put up your hand so I can pray for you. Don't be afraid. Do not walk away from here without making things right with God, with Jesus. Don't harden your hearts today by going home without saying, Jesus, I know I was in your house this morning. I heard your word. Therefore, I want to give you my life. I want to follow you for the rest of my life. Is there anyone here today? Anyone? I want to pray for you.